0: Hey guys, Monty here, and welcome back to The Spin Room on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, where we review music, talk about music, and get into the news about music. It's a show all about music. And here is the Deaf Haven song, Honeycomb from Ordinary Corrupt and Love, their spectacular album from 2018. And of course, on this episode, I will be going over my top albums of 2018, at least my top five. I do have a top 50, and that is on the Spin Room website, as well as our Facebook page, which you should definitely check out at www.facebook.com slash thespinroomhillsdale. Well, 2018 was a fantastic year in music. There were plenty of great releases, and you've listened to many of those releases talked about on this show, but... Before I get into that, I want to say that today is the first major day of album releases of this year, 2019. Yes, we have new fantastic releases already 19 days into the year. Now, something you should know is that a lot of Bandcamp artists put out their stuff at the first of the month or the 10th of the month. And they do that mainly to get attention on online sites like rachardmusic.com and Sputnik Music and other places that really are interested in getting these bolt-out-of-the-gate albums like that. But this is the first major cycle. So let's talk about some of those albums out today. First and foremost, we have British alternative r Future Garage, and art pop artist James Blake releasing his first album since 2016, The Color and Anything. It's been described as a more poppy and upbeat release than his previous work, and it's out on Republic Music and it's streaming everywhere, so check that out. At number two, we have indie rock staple Deer Hunter with their new album, Why Hasn't Everything Already Disappeared? Their first since 2015's Fading Frontier, now much which looking back, virtually left no impact upon me despite the band's importance to my musical taste. Their album, 2017 Cryptograms, is probably one of my favorite 2000s indie rock records of all time and you should definitely check it out, fantastic conceptual flow to the record. The new album is out on 4AD and is also streaming everywhere. It also leaked a few weeks ago so people already have some detailed opinions on it calling it a more Bowie-esque record, which is nice to see. Also being released today is Sharon Von Eaton's record, Remind Me Tomorrow, which is being described as synth-pop, indie-pop, and obviously singer-songwriter. Von Eaton released her last album all the way back in 2014, and it was called Are We There? It is a much different form, though, and vibe, being one of the last critical releases in the whole early 2010s indie folk revival craze. And finally, trap rapper Future released his new album, Future Hendrix Presents The Wizard, which follows the general formula of a lot of big trap rap releases over the past two years, which is presenting an album with over 20 songs. I'm not a big fan of this concept. Migos released their album, Culture 2, in 2018, and it was one of my least favorite records of that year, being that it was long and overbloated and incredibly, incredibly lacking in direction. So those are the albums that you should check out today or whenever you're able to. And now let's get into my top 10 of 2018. And again, you're listening to The Spin Room on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM with me, Monty. First and foremost, 2018 was a fantastic year in music. There were many releases that I think deserve 4 stars out of 5. There were many releases that just left an impact on me and I think will leave a cultural impact for decades to come. MGMT's Little Dark Age is a perfect example of this. Although you won't hear Little Dark Age in my top 10, it was in my top 20... You will hear some albums that I think are incredibly important, incredibly beautiful, incredibly emotive, and incredibly well produced. Starting off at number 10, though, is Melody's echo chamber record, Bon Voyage, which is neo psychedelia and progressive pop, and you can feel that progressivism in this record. Bon Voyage is a sultry, hazy, drugged-out, and strung-out dream pop record best suited for laying in an 80-degree heat next to a pool or a beach. It's remarkably forward-thinking for a dream pop record, and at times, Bon Voyage feels heavily influenced by Brazilian genres like MPB and Samba, although quite clearly the French pop influence shines the brightest because Melody is from France. Bon Voyage is also very progressive in nature, as mentioned before, with songs unfolding themselves over 4-7 to seven minute time frames. The best example of this progress is the delightfully trippy Quan Les Lamare's d'Aune Tangay Font de Seer La which we're going to play for you right now. Here is Melody's Echo Chamber. And of course, this song just flows on, and it's interjected by a beautiful spoken word piece that's a bit trippy again. This whole record just flows fantastic. I love the production on it. I love the haziness of it. Beautiful release. At number nine is Grouper's album, Grid of Points, which is singer-songwriter and ambient pop. At only 21 minutes long, Grid of Points functions more of an idea than an album, and more of an artistic statement of direction than a grand plot of concept. In the end, however, this unorthodox method of shorthanded approach works wonders for Grouper, allowing for a minimalistic album that feels like a single strand of uninterrupted artistic consciousness. Bare-bones instrumentation on grid of points creates music that is both elegant and fragile, but never overblown, overexpressed, or over-exaggerated. This is a fantastic record, and it feels like it was recorded in one setting, in one sitting. Both things. You know... It's very rare that albums come out that feel like this, that have that live element to it of just artistic stream of conscious, and this record hasn't, and it's definitely worth checking out. At number eight is Kid Cee Ghost, Kid Cee Ghost. This record is incredibly interesting. Experimental hip-hop, alternative R&B, pop-rap, and it's a collaboration effort between Kanye West and Kid Cudi. If you told me that Kid Cudi would release an album in my top ten, Anytime soon, especially after one of the worst records of the decade was released under his name, Speeding Bullet to Heaven, a terrible and pale nirvana rip-off that is universally hated by music fans around the world, I would have called you crazy. But here we are in 2019 now, but 2018, with Kid Cudi releasing one of the best rap albums of this decade, period. Kanye West really carries this, but I think that they're... Collaboration works wonders. Kids See Ghost represents something unique that is currently going on in critically acclaimed rap circles, a turn towards a much more down-tempo, atmospheric direction bundled in a sort package, and infiltrated with a moon that is chill but provides an almost cathartic experience to the listener. The burnt-out remnants of cloud rap have morphed into something seemingly more substantial, smaller, and directed. In essence, this new wave of hip-hop is a white dwarf of creativity born from a red giant material from a burning sun that has been rap music this decade. It's lasted for a while, but sooner or later something had to change, and Kid see Ghost fundamentally serves as the capstone to that changing movement. You need to check this record out. It is just beautiful. It is psychedelic. It is hazy. It is wonderful. At number 7, we have Leon Vinehall's Nothing Is Still, which is an ambient house and ambient record. In the spring of 2016, Deep House producer Leon Vinehall released a Balearic-flavored Rojas designed to dance to critical acclaim among electronic music enthusiasts, including myself. Rojas has a sharp production, sharp drums, and heavy bass lines. It was a danceable record. But on this new record by Leon Vinehall, he turns his attention away from the dance hall and towards the concert hall and creates a record that is more thematic and more conceptual. Yes, this is an incredibly conceptual album based around his grandparents' immigration to the United States. To best represent this, Vinehall presents an album with an ear towards, again, the concert hall rather than the dance floor. Luckily, still is a record which is deeply influenced by modern classical and ambient instead of Balearic beat with trap influences. Gone are the heavy bass lines. And gone... Gone, gone, gone is the dance ability. Now, some people might be a bit sad about this, but I'm happy because it allows for an album that has a slowly unraveling complexity and beauty. And here is a song from that record, Julia Footnote 4. You see a beautiful Boards of Canada influence with that song. The line is there, but it's rumbling. It's not dancey. Moving on to number six, we have a Chico Aoba's album QP, a contemporary folk and singer-songwriter record that channels her inner Nick Drake. She finds incredible new heights with this album QP. It's fragile and light, and Aoba uses minimal instrumentation to create a highly substantial album with true beauty that unravels its true colors in front of the listener in a very subdued manner. Aoba's voice is pristine and serves to further this heavenly and retrospective atmosphere by working with the acoustic guitar that is presented in this record. Also present on QP is a balance between Ailba's technical proficiency and her strong sense of immediacy. Aoba knows how and when to bring the most important aspects of her music forward to create this true beauty. And beauty is a word that I often use to describe the music on this list because many of the releases in 2018 were substantially beautiful but this one especially is just so quaint. And here's a song from that record. ¶¶ listen to that voice it's so beautiful but moving on from a chico a oboe we have our top five yes these are the albums that i consider the best of the best of 2018 and by the way any album on my top 50 even ones that didn't get on my top 50 i think are fantastic and you should check out at number five we have Black Gaze Band Death Heaven with Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. Now, Death Heaven has been a band that hasn't been really impressive to me until now. Ordinary Corrupt Human Love is an album which finds its success in its sheer unbridled power, which you heard early in the broadcast for our introduction song. Every single cut from Ordinary Corrupt Human Love is larger than life, both vocally and instrumentally. In today's music culture, this approach to music is risky, maximist, and overblown production and stylistic techniques are often very rarely rewarded at all. I mentioned that at the start, you have these Maximus trap rap albums, which are just simply not good. They're overblown, they're overbloated, they use the same motifs over and over and over again. But on ordinary corrupt human love, that notion is thrown to the wayside in favor of screeching guitars, anthemic vocal lines, and stadium-sized production, which works wonders for this band that has gone a post-rock direction recently, and it's just been really boring. But this isn't boring. This is a great record. Period. End of story. Def Heaven also find new ways to genre hop between Black Gaze and Dream Pop, on ordinary corrupt human love, and many of the songs don't take off in a black metal way until the very end. You know, it takes a long time for some of these songs to get going, and it works in its favor, but it's not a record with immediate release. So they fully come to their full strength on this record. At number four is Anna Von Hustenwolf's Dead Magic, which is neoclassical darkwave. It's hard to find an album with As great of conceptual flow with Anne von Hausworth with her latest album, Dead Magic. Every single song on the record, despite their longer lengths of time, feels right and feels correct thematically. It's dark and ethereal. The atmosphere that unravels on this album is absolutely fantastic and carries over from song to song, never pausing for breaks and never trying to explore different directions that make no sense in context of the record. Despite this, each song on Dead Magic is different from each other and each song on the record manages to explore different textures different textures, without much in the way of an awkward transition. Anna Von Hosworth knows how to provide a full album experience and the result, Dead Magic is one of the best neoclassical darkwave albums since the 1980s. And it is far better than anything Dead Can Dance has ever put out, period. And you can listen to that review on our SoundCloud at Radio Free Hillsdale SoundCloud. At number three is an album that I found just Spectacular, and it's Mid Thieves' album Crumbling, which is folktronic and neo psychedelia and psychedelic pop. Mid Thieves' sophomore album Crumbling is an extreme example of a genius exploration of texture and melody. With the album's light and psychedelic atmosphere, everything feels so detached and free floating. Songs meander and drift in and out with almost indifference, and very interesting influences on this record, too. Very largely influenced by Sweet Trip, which is a band I've really really enjoy and the simps are really reminiscent of that and these simps blasting crescendo in before leaving as quickly as they came nothing feels repetitious on this album and each song stands in its own way that makes it feel like you're listening to independent journeys just as interesting as the album itself if listened to separately the folk element on crumbling is abstract yet completely tangible and although the influences run deep the album feels remarkably and refreshingly original making Crumbling one of the best listening experiences of 2018, period. And it's because of these rating sites like RateYourMusic.com that Crumbling even got attention. It should be obscure, but yet you have thousands of people listening to this fantastic, lush release, and here's a song from Crumbling. This is Gamion Deut. don't want to turn that song off just because of how incredibly wonderful it is it's a truly fantastic record please check this out it's on spotify it's everywhere at number two is a record which i listened to in the closing days of 2018 that really struck me on a deep deep level and that is Who's Marries the Drought, a death industrial record, a genre I don't really dabble in that often, but The Drought is a tour de force of unbridled and unparalleled production, making for one of the most gripping and overpowering death industrial albums and albums this year released. Metallic noises bounce around the listener's headphones in a way that elicits sensory responses from the body, and most music is unable to do this because it isn't that crystal clear, but this record does, and it's stunning. It will freak you out, and you'll be begging for this loud and abrasive sound. Timing is also essential to this album with loud bursts of noise hitting and being thrown at the listener like a ton of bricks in a way that can't be hated but surprises and terrifies. Yes, this is a terrifying record, more terrifying than what Daughters put out this year. The drought is wholly uninviting but it's impossible to approach this album slowly and ease into it as the music sucks you right into it like a void like a black hole and never lets you go the drought has razor sharp teeth and a razor sharp edge making it truly invigorating to listen to and it won't let you up and it won't let you down and i'm gonna play a song off that real quick here is a feast before the drought by poos mary course, this record actually does move in different ways. It's not just a constant stream of white or black or whatever noise, but you should definitely check this thing out. It's beautiful in its own independent way. At number one is a record which had a profound impact on me this year. It's my most listened to album possibly of all time. It's coming up next to Pavement's right in the Corners, I think, on my last FM. But number one is Berkeley, California-based indie band Curling's definitely banned. Indie rock has been looking for a savior for so long to really pull it in a direction that's inspiring and interesting and DIY. And curling does that on definitely banned. This is a record which is wholly DIY. Melodically indebted to Big Star. Melodically indebted to Teenage Fan Club. Melodically indebted to the Beatles. Yet presents itself in a sheen of 2010's Aura. It's like Avlov if they went to a more poppy direction. Yet this thing isn't pop. This thing isn't like you're listening to some run-of-the-mill indie pop record. It's just so fun to listen to. The songs have deeper meaning and there's a sense of humor to it. And it's wonderful. It's a spectacularly energetic record too. The guitar lines are so, so, so memorable. The production is lo-fi but it's memorable and it's crystal clear at times in a way that lo-fi really hasn't been doing recently and it has such a pavement ask vibe to it like you're laying out on the quad doing nothing. It's an album that combines atmosphere with innovation, with idea. On Still Green, the first song on the record, there's this wonderfully high saxophone and it, it shocks you at how high they play this thing. And again, the guitar lines and the guitar tone needs to be mentioned. It's one of the best things on the record. And we're going to leave you with Radio King by Curling off the record Definitely banned. Check this thing out. Every single song on this record is memorable. This is a 10 out of 10. Only 15 albums in my entire listening have gotten this 10 out of 10 distinction. But Radio King, Curling, Definitely banned. This is a song you're about to hear. Fantastic record. Check it out.